0: Hello and welcome to the little way. It has been a little bit since we have seen you guys, but we are back. I'm Drew.
1: I'm Jessica, and happy Easter. Happy
0: Easter. That's right. It is the second uh, Sunday in Easter. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that intro music and get started. It's been a couple of weeks, or well, it's been two weeks since um, we last had the show. Um, it is Divine Mercy Sunday, which is the second Sunday in Easter. Um, and it is one of those that traditionally the... Um, oh, St. Saint Thomas. St. Thomas is featured in today's readings. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And... But before we get too far about that, it's time for the Whiskey of the Week.
1: Right, right. So, I thought you all
0: forgot. Yes. So this week's whiskey is Spayburn 10. It is a Scotch whiskey from the Speyside region in Scotland, and it is 10 years old, or well, 10 years aged in the barrel. And it's one of those things i kind of chose it today because it's a very nice spring day and this this whiskey really kind of embodies spring it's it's light and crisp and has kind of apple flavors and a little bit of orange in there and some clove and it's it's just wonderful uh light and crisp refreshing whiskey so that's why i chose it today
1: awesome that was very nice yeah we're definitely experiencing spring where I am and mowed the lawn today and really looking forward to a fresh new season.
0: Yes, it should be good. And for me, it's, this was actually the first time I mowed my own lawn that mm-hmm. I actually own. So that's very, Congratulations. yes, that is very special to me. It's a very good feeling to be able to do that. Um, now, as I was mentioning, um, the, today's readings uh, typically are on Saint Thomas, or at least the Gospel reading. And the reason I mention this is because today uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite Bible story or Bible parable, and I think it really helps. Um, it, it helps to get to know a person through knowing their favorite story of the Bible. It tells a lot about who they are and what they think is important. Absolutely. So with that, um, I'll go first. I will read um, my favorite story from the Bible, and it is the healing of a paralytic, the man that they lowered down to the roof. Uh, It comes from Luke chapter 5, and it is verses 17 through 26. And just so you know, I am using the uh, New American Bible, uh, if anybody is wondering what version that I use. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, And the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, "'As for you, your sins are forgiven.' Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, who is this man who who is this who speaks blasphemies, who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, in reply, what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, "I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they seized them all, and they glorified God. And struck with awe, they said, we have seen incredible things today. So this story has always stuck out in my head. And I think the first reason is that his friends, the the man's friends, were so concerned that he could be healed that they went to an extreme measure to make that so. You know, and they did not worry about the law that, I mean, they're really, they're tearing apart this person's house to lower this guy into this room. And I I don't know how many of us would actually be willing to break the law on so much that extent that someone be healed. And it just shows, I, I think part of the reason that this might have been included in Luke's gospel is that it shows us what kind of people we should be to be able to bring Christ to others. Um, you know, go, go to every extreme measure possible to bring the gospel to other people. Um, it's not the easiest thing to do sometimes. That's right. And, and, you know, also, I think sometimes we can place ourselves in the uh, place of the Pharisees and scribes and go, well, you know, it's saying to somebody that is showing us great things, what authority do you have? Why do you say you can do this? And not, and being so blinded by our own importance that we forget that there might be somebody that has something that a gift that we don't have. It, yeah. You know, and, and how it, it's one of those things like, you know, very often, you know, when, when there is a great happening like this, an incredible thing that happens in the Bible, there are multiple different angles that it can be looked at you know there's there's a side of these men that bring the paralytic to jesus and there's a side of the pharisees and there's the paralytic themselves and uh, himself you know and mm-hmm. and it's just it's just one of those things that it is always i think the main thing that i take away from it is the extreme friendship and faith that this group of men had That they knew they they probably had never met or seen Jesus before, maybe, you know, from a distance, you know, when he was passing through a town. But they had probably never met or seen him before, but they had heard of him and they had heard the great things he could do. And so because of their faith and because of their love of their friend, they knew that he would be healed.
1: Yeah, that takes tremendous faith, faith, because um, there's. A, if you think about an alternative ending, if those friends were like, you know, hey, we know this great guy. We've heard he's been healing everybody in town and all these wonderful things. And then, you know, what if they take their friend to see him and nothing happens? You know, like it could have completely backfired, and their friend could have not been healed. Uh, But they took that leap of faith and were like, no, this is actually happening. Like, if we just get you to this man, Jesus, you will be healed.
0: You know, and and I can I can assume, too, that on the side of the paralytic, there's probably some resistance because he had probably been to the temple several times before and everything he had been told just. What I've, you know, just reading through the Bible was people have probably said, you know, you know, either you sinned really badly or your parents sinned really badly. And, you know, until until God decides to forgive you, there's nothing we can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when you've heard that for a majority of your life, you really do start to believe it.
0: Yeah. But, you know, they took them and they broke apart the roof and they lowered them down. I mean, you know, I, I, I oftentimes, I, I guess it's a phrase from the late 90s and early 2000s, you know, raise the roof. I don't know if you remember that at all. People, saying yeah, raise yeah, the roof. You know, maybe us as Catholics should say, you know, let's uh, let's break down the roof.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a nice little symbolism there, um, just opening up the roof, or if you want to think of it, like opening up your heart. Yes, yes. Yeah, you you could get pretty deep if you wanted to uh, do some symbolism there.
0: You know, and I'm sure probably um, there have been many seminarians that have wrote thesises on this passage of speech
1: <laughs> oh yeah i think this is a definitely a classic for sure um one of the things that always troubles me and this is me just overthinking things um but when jesus says is it easier or which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or uh rise pick up your mat and be healed (laughs) uh i (laughs) to me like i never quite understood like literally what he was saying which is easier because i'm the type of person who's like well let me start counting the syllables (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like literally thinking which one is easier and yeah yeah i
0: mean it it
1: you know, I think that was something that I stuck with me from ch- uh, childhood. And as a child, it was like, well, I don't know, Jesus. Let me figure it out.
0: <laughs> Let me count the letters. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but and that's that's also to not not to say that they're not even speaking in English. You know, they're speaking in their Aramaic tongue. Yeah, it would have been yeah, Exactly. Yeah so but he goes on to say that you may believe uh what does he say uh so that you may believe in the power or that the son of man has power to forgive sins what do
0: you, who, who is this that speaks what do you think in your hearts which is easier to say that you, your sins are forgiven uh, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth and forgives sins. Right. So basically, he's saying, you know, I am, I am, and I have the authority, and I can do all these things. Like for me, you know, it's not a question of which is easier, it's a question of, you know, which am I going to do first?
1: Or, you know, just which is more straightforward, you know, because if he, if he said, rise, pick up your mat, go home, you're healed, you would have to read into it a little bit to be like, oh, this man has the authority to forgive sins.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas Jesus just comes, he does, he goes uh, right to the heart of the matter. And instead of saying uh, the less obvious phrase he just says as for you your sins are forgiven
0: yeah i mean and and i I think too like the pharisees were so ingrained in their ways that they would not have understood him just saying rise get up and walk It would have made no sense to them because you know they're 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 just so ingrained in their ways of how they or who they thought the uh, messiah would be that they kind of have to be uh hit over the head with it again and again and again before it makes any sense and you know as we know with the happenings of good friday and easter a lot of them still did not get it in the end right Shoot, Paul did not get it until he was knocked off his horse.
1: (laughs) But it's never too late.
0: No, it is never too late. Like, you know, a confession in the um, the last second of your life is just as valid as any other confession.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, with that, how about you go ahead and um, read a, your uh, favorite uh, story sure. or parable?
1: Yeah. So, speaking of the Pharisees, um, the parable that I chose to share today is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And um, I am reading from my Word on Fire Bible. From, um, with all the commentary from Bishop Barron and others. And the verse is Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. And it says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all my income. And so this is the parable that I chose today um, because I think um, it kind of, I think it's definitely something that we all need to hear, especially uh, in the times that we're living in right now. Um, I think there, you know, with social media and um people living in their own uh sound boards or you know like you resonating, know everybody's
0: resonating moments, yeah, yeah
1: exactly like everyone's sort of developing their own truths almost oh and
0: yes the uh the the misstep of relativism
1: yes and so you know, this, this isn't a new problem, but um, I think especially with social media and the political climate that we're um, going through right now, it's really common to see people pointing fingers, judging others, thinking I'm better than you. And um, one of the things that, that strikes me is um the pharisee was standing by himself whereas the tax collector was was standing far off and would not even look up to heaven and so there's sort of these different postures also yeah where um i think the pharisee symbolizes the people who you know are Um, very self-righteous they they basically look up to themselves as a role model for the whole you know the whole community and they look very much inward whereas the tax collector is very he feels very ashamed of himself and he it's it's not like he's you know what am i trying to say
0: he's not he's not trying to draw attention to his good deeds
1: right right yeah yeah or even saying that being a tax collector is the best thing to you know be you know it's like he's struggling with his own demons he acknowledges his own demons um, he's, you know, very much suffering um, because of it.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it needs to be, you know, there's, and I think I've said this to you before, like there's predominantly two types of people when it comes to sin. And it's, you know, the one type represented by the ph- Pharisee is Um, The people that are very ignorant of their sin and think that they do nothing wrong. And then the other type uh, being represented um, by the tax collector is the people that are dreadfully aware of their sinful
1: nature. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The other parable that I considered sharing uh, was the... One where Jesus is telling you or, you know, the, 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 people at the time, but us as the readers to, you know, do not, do not judge, um, do not try to remove the speck out of your neighbor's eye while you still have a plank in your own, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, gosh, it is so hard not to be judgmental. <laughs> I mean, cause. Oh yeah. I mean, we're, we're all guilty. I mean, it's so hard. But... Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and, and to admit it, to be very truthful, you know, I I gosh, I, I probably sin more than I am ever aware of, unfortunately, and I think that's the case for most people. and but gosh, we can certainly pick out somebody else's sins really quickly
1: yeah and there you really do not know what's going on inside someone's heart you know like on the outside they may be carrying themselves very confidently um they may you know uh for whatever reasons they may be conducting themselves very pridefully but you don't know what's a facade. You don't know, um, you know, what walls they're building up around themselves. So you don't know what's truly going on within their hearts. Yes. And um,
0: the human being is very good at hiding what bad things we hold inside of ourselves.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: Exactly. You know, and some of us, too, are very good at thinking that we can't do anything good. Um, and we are over-scrupulous and over-critical of ourselves.
1: Yes, there is the extreme of that, too. I think I fall into that camp a little bit. I can be a little over-scrupulous.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: And it's, so it's one
0: of those things that yeah, it's real easy to fall into.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think like from the Pharisees point of view, the Pharisee sort of has these mental filters in which they see the world, you know? Like they're they're always looking at things in a very black and white manner yeah. you know it's either you are good or you are bad you are not a combination of the two
0: did you follow so, the law or did you not follow the law
1: right and so if you didn't follow the law to the t then you're a complete failure no matter how hard you try because <laughs> you know um so yeah
0: but, but that that brings back you know to the intention of things, and you know, maybe we shouldn't be following the law to the letter, but to the spirit of the law.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, because you know life is. As, as hard as it makes life, life is primarily in the gray. And there are a few times when we can actually go by the black and white of things.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, because, too, you know, the, the, the Pharisees and that time, from my understanding, a lot of them were just going through the motions And doing things, you know, to the letter of the law and calling themselves holy, but did not necessarily understand why that law was in place.
1: Yeah, or their heart wasn't in it. They were just doing it because this is how we've always done it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing, you know, I think the Pharisees (laughs) often, um, Set themselves apart in the fact that they were living these standards that were so difficult for the common man to live up to. You know, it's like, you know, setting these standards that are just so scrupulous that, you know, it was just so impossibly hard.
0: Yeah. To com- yeah, you know, setting up kind of that, like, ah, we got you. You did something wrong. We got you.
1: Type of oh, thing. right, right. You know, and it's like, no, God does not operate in the, ah, oh, we got you territory. You know, he, he, he doesn't do
0: it. There's no reason for him to do it because God loves us so much. There's no reason for him to ever do anything like that.
1: Right. It kind of reminds me of the, um, I don't remember where it is in the Gospels, but the Pharisees, uh, they come up to, or they, they say, Jesus, why do your apostles not wash their hands before they eat or something to the effect? And, you know, he goes on to say that... Um, It's not what that, it's not what goes in that defiles. It's what comes out is what defiles. But it's just one of those rules that Jesus was kind of setting aside to say, you know, you guys are kind of missing the point here. The point isn't, you know, to wash your hands until they're sparkling clean. It's to teach you guys that, um, It's what comes out of the heart that that's what matters. Yeah. I could certainly, man, we should do this more often because it was definitely difficult to pick just one because I really, there's so many that I love. Oh, yes.
0: I mean, really, if, if if we sat down we could probably just start just thumbing through the Bible and being like, yep, yep, that one, I'm going to read that one, okay, and then I'm going to read that one next, and then that one after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, that, that was our topic this week, and I hope I hope you found it enjoyable. But
1: we do have a
0: little, I have a little bit of news for everybody listening. We have an email now.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> yes, it is the little way pod at gmail.com. So the little way pod is all one word at gmail.com. Um, Jesse and I both have access to the email. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or possibly future topics that you would like to ta- uh, like us to talk about, please send us an email. We would greatly enjoy hearing from the people that listen to us.
1: Yeah, we might even do like, uh, if we get enough questions, we could do a Q and A, something Ooh, like that. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah.
1: So, thank so you for is, setting that up for us.
0: Yeah, um, it was one of those things that um, I needed to do it because future things are coming um, on platforms that involve fruit. <laughs> so so I needed to set that up so we could reach out to more platforms okay and yes uh, because I was going to try to use my old email for that but it has been forever since I logged on to anything Apple and I can't remember my password for the life of me and Apple won't give me a new password so we have to set something new up, which is probably better
1: yeah, that's for the best. We got an <laughs> yeah. official email and Gmail is free. So, It is 100% free. free.
0: All right. So with that, we're going to leave you for this week. And you uh, we will hear us again next week. And until you hear us again, be faithful, stay humble. And remember, every little change can make a big difference.
1: God bless, guys. Thanks.